What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Help More, Sell More podcast. I am your host, Jeff Berlingame, and I'm here with my co-host, Joe Marcou. As always, hey. Joe, how you doing, man? I'm doing, you know, considering that I haven't had any caffeine this morning, I'm doing awesome. Somehow doing awesome. you're awake. Uh, <laughs> you're fasting. You're doing some blood work. You got all sorts of stuff going on, and somehow yeah, you're still doing this episode. I don't get it. I'm happy to be here you know let's face it everybody we all have to take care of ourselves we got to do what's right and jeff and i were having a conversation with a, with a group of people yesterday about the importance of going to visit your doctor and everything else and yeah part of that was another fast today so i can get my blood work done however the minute that the blood is taken out of these veins i'm going to probably put coffee in intravenously yeah That's, i love yeah. coffee <laughs> I don't know, that it might kill you, but I mean, totally worth the caffeination. So, all right, let's get into today's <laughs> topic. Uh, this one is one that I get pretty passionate about. I really nerd out on this whole topic in general. And uh, this was spurred by a group from the SOS Dojo that I ran on Wednesday. Joe and I were both in that room. And a lot of good discussion came out of that group. So what were we talking about? We're talking about your discovery process. And it, to put it bluntly, it probably sucks. It, it probably blows. Sucks. <laughs> oh, you, God, man, I, I, Jeff is a master at this. So listen in, kids. This is an episode that must be listened to. Oh, go yeah. Jeff. I'm gonna there, there, there's going to be some harsh truths in here. I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, most discovery processes that I see within businesses are trash. They're terrible. And I mean, that, that's not it's not coming at your character, man. Like we're not trying to make you feel bad. We want you to help more people and we want you to sell more and be successful. That's the whole point of the podcast. So you really need to take a deep dive into what your sales process looks like right now. And hopefully you can walk away with some solid action steps today by the end of the episode. So we always have a big question that we want you guys to ponder over in the case of this episode. That is really this question. Are you making the sale harder than it needs to be? And that's essentially the point of the discovery process is not a simple transactional deal of like, is this person a good fit for me? Am I a good fit for them? That's part of it. But the vast majority of the, the discovery process, the real purpose, real intent behind it is to help uncover some value for this person. So this person needs to probably discover their own goals and pain points. They don't really think about it. It's not like they're sitting at home on the couch on a random Tuesday afternoon and going, you know what? I think that I struggle with my weight because of my like self-consciousness and social situations. Nobody on, on the earth has ever done that, okay? That's what uh, therapists exist for, but we don't discover those things on our own. Now, if you only have, say, 30 minutes with this person, I, I often make this uh, relation here, you know, it's kind of like going on a blind date. You got 30 minutes, to get to know this person the best you possibly can. So you gosh dang better be asking some good questions. Oh yeah. That, that's what we're gonna get into today is like, what are some good questions? What are some expectations? What's the intent we should go into in the discovery process? How do we know if our discovery process is good or bad or indifferent? But before we get into all that, 
if you guys are liking the podcast, if you're getting some results from taking action on the things that we talk about episode after episode, be sure to check out our actual sales systems and coaching options that we offer. So uh, I offer Burley Sales, which is a full dive into the discovery process and online interactive course, as well as five weekly calls to get you coached up on that. And Joe offers an amazing program called the SOS Dojo, where you actually get in a room with six to eight of your peers in similar uh, businesses and similar fields of work, and we all role play handling objections. Call it sharpening the axe. Oftentimes, yep. we forget that selling is a skill, and it's a skill that must be sharpened and improved over time constantly. And it will become blunt, much like an axe, as you're chopping wood. They eventually get blunt. You need to keep sharpening them. So the mm -hmm. SOS Dojo is a fantastic system, a fantastic way to hang out with your peers, to develop an awesome community, and really improve those selling skills so you can help more and sell more. Where can but, they find you know out what? more about that, Joe? Well, that's just it, right? You go to SOSDOJO.com. And the fact is, you know, when when I when I consider what we're, we're discussing today and what Jeff is so really good at is this discovery process. And Jeff, is it story time? Can we go into story time? I think please? we should go into story time. Okay. Uh, so story time for today, obviously, is discovery related. My thought on this one is, to share a time where you discovered, and, and I know that you've got some good ones for this, a secret weapon or shortcut question, or uh, you know maybe a series of questions that you came up with, just sheerly through experience of doing enough sales, you, you finally figured out like, oh, I can just cut corners here. Uh, so a question oh, for like your discovery that. process, but you go okay. first. So you know what? The, the, in the, the, this is great because I mean, I, I was I was about to go into a montage of examples of fit, of fitness coaches that just do it wrong. You can I mean, ask that's, me about that's that not later. That's not a bad story either. <laughs> we'll go there. We'll go there. Yeah. One of my one of my one of my uh, shortcut questions, however, uh, there's a few of them. So first of all, I like I like to ask how they how did they heard about me? It has nothing to do with them yet. I want to find out if my marketing's working and what's working, what's not. Is it a referral or what's not? If it's a referral, guess what? This is a shortcut question. How did you hear about how did you hear about my program? Oh, well, uh, my my friend, you know, who's Jonathan Tate, he's the he's a doctor who's been in your program for over a year. He says that he's you've helped his business go to seven figures. Well, it just so happens I know John personally. Yeah, so we have an instant bond. If you're not asking, if you're not asking, how did you hear about how how did you hear about our our program? How did you hear about me? How did you get on this call? What you're doing is you're you're literally leaving the opportunity to have something that you can relate about, and hopefully it's a referral. Because our organic growth in the SOS Dojo has been ultimately amazing and so people hear about other about the program for through other people so we end up knowing these same people so what do you do it's no different than talking about oh you own a dog so do i what kind of dog it's you start talking about these things that have nothing to do with what they originally are calling you about and again you have to be genuine here i want to be very clear don't be disingenuous because people see through that crap I'm talking like if I have a real, you know, I, I love dogs. I love fishing as Jeff loves fishing. So we start talking about fishing and it's a common bond. We, you know, we can go way deep down the rabbit hole and that's okay. Let's keep an eye on the clock here. Cause we've got a folk. And, and at that, what's really interesting is people will go. So tell me what I need. Cause I already like you. 
Right. So, so, so asking that one simple question, how did you hear about us or how did you hear about me or my program? Guys, make a note of it. And if you do have something that is a common bond, go down a little bit down that rabbit hole because you're building a relationship. It's, it's, it's no different than what Jeff had mentioned earlier. What about that blind date? Well, <laughs> hopefully you might know, two, you, the two of you might have been hooked up or connected with that, hey, yeah, you know what? I know this person, they, they, they know us as well. And so we connected. Otherwise, if you're literally going in blind, Oy, that's a scary proposition. Best of luck to you is what I yeah. say. <laughs> so that's, yeah. that's, that's one question that I would go with, Jeff. What about yeah. you? Yeah. So, I mean, again, I'd say, you know, like why make this harder than it needs to be is the, the thing you should constantly be thinking about. And mm. if you, if you guys are just, uh, we'll, we'll get into bad examples here in a second, but. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah. If you're just rambling on about like your products, your services, you're doing tours and all this stuff, like you're just wasting time because here, here's my shortcut and it's kind of more, a uh, big picture. If we could zoom out a little bit, kind of shortcut, not, not a specific secret question. Cause I really don't believe too much in, uh, like scripts and things like that. I think we have objectives. I think we have key, uh, points that we want to get to, and there's a way to sort of guide the masses guide your, uh, your prospects, your guests to those points to help you, you know, achieve what you need in order to make the sale. If the value is high enough, they'll buy. But my, my shortcut here is that people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. This is a quote that Joe and I have lived by for a long, long time. I don't remember when I first heard this quote. It was a long time ago. I honestly don't even know who to credit for said quote. I'll say anonymous. Uh, unless Joe, sure. do you know who? I, I don't know. I mean, it may very well be a Maya Angelou type thing. I mean, yeah. she's she's the one who said people will forget what you said. People forget what you did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. 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 Right. So unsure of the the origins of this quote, but it is a quote that I think is very valuable to sales, especially with, you know, the the audience that that we target. So say you're out there, you're an online coach, you're a fitness coach, you're somebody selling these services, typically, you're selling something that's a higher value service. So you really have to develop trust, and you have to build a relationship in a very short amount of time, which is why I often reference the blind date scenario here. Like, this person has to know, like, and trust you in order to purchase your services. That's what it comes down to. So if that's the case, and we know, and we know this, this is human nature, people don't care how much you know, until they know how much you care. Do we spend, if you had to ask yourself this question, do we spend that 30 minutes, 15 of it, let's say, dumping features on them of our awesome, amazing services or products? Or do we spend 15 minutes getting to know who this person is, asking them personal questions about themselves, learning or discovering, hence the name discovery process, uh, what it is that they want and why they want it? Because if we can find that, then we can make that connection. Then we can develop no like and trust KLT as Joe likes to uh, abbreviate it as. So if you're spending too much time just trying to dazzle someone with your knowledge, it's not having the effect that you think it's having. Think about it this way. What's the most beautiful word in any language? Your name. name. The person's name. If you say a person's name, don't be the salesperson that uh you know greets a person immediately forgets their name and then never says a person's name at all throughout the entire sales process 
If you're unsure of how to pronounce a name, just simply ask and then utilize that name. It's not that big a deal. That is a simple social cue and, you know, in different cultures kind of expected. So if somebody, you know, is in New York and they have like a, uh, you know, a, a name that you don't recognize, like an Indian name, for example, like then ask them how to pronounce it and then say yeah. it the right way immediately after. Like, yeah. you know, they're from India. Their culture is different. Their name is going to be different. It's not yep. John. You know, John, I can pronounce sometimes. I don't know. Chaz knows <laughs> Like Chaz, Chaz is on my other podcast, the fishing podcast that we do. And I mispronounce everyone's name all the time. I love it. But that's different because they're in chat and they're not on video. And I can't like ask them if they were in person, I would say, how do you say your name? And often when we have guests, I say, what is your name? That's totally fine to ask, by the way, you guys. And then after I know it, I use it all episode. Right. So I have the the only thing the issue I have is like one can't pronounce names if I just see it uh, and I'll misspell it all the time. And then two, like I have to say it in my head five times after I hear it to retain it. And I also have if, if there's another little step here, this little tiny box for names so I can hold like three names <laughs> in my head. But if you put me in a massive group, I'm going to be like, dude, who's new the people, prime, of course, who's the prime target? I'm going right. to target three people. I'm going to forget yeah. everyone else. So, yeah, name, names are important, you guys. So, again, just like the bottom line for me, my shortcut is to show how much I care. Like I just jump right into how can I show how much I care about this person? and their well-being and making sure that they have success and they achieve their goals and they overcome and, and and remove pain like if i can do that i know they'll buy from me it's not a question i know they will will they have objections yeah probably but probably far fewer than if i had just spent 15 minutes going like yeah so this is uh you know our amazing refrigerator as you can see it's got a touch screen this touch screen's 15 inches by seven inches and uh you know blah 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 feature right. feature feature like they don't care it's right or worse yet dumping yeah feature dumping we joked about it on wednesday how many of you guys have gone to like an appliance store and you know how every appliance has that little cue card on top of it and it says like this laundry machine has like 0.5 cubic meters inside of it space for <laughs> for like your laundry and then like the 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 service rep will come over and be like yeah so this laundry machine has 0.5 cubic meter and you're like they're just reading the card yeah. they just read the card and you look at the card and you listen to them and you're like you're just reading this like yep. i can read i can read myself i don't need you to do this you're supposed to, uh, in the example that we got out of the Wednesday group to share with you guys was like, they should be asking questions. Like, what's your experience with your laundry, laundry machine right now? Like, what's, what do you like about it? What do you hate about it? And that's going to help direct us to like the right machine for you. And then maybe a little education, but in a, in a caring fashion, like, Hey, do you ever struggle with this with your laundry machine? Like, oh, well, here's the right. reason why that happens. And here's a cool feature on this new model that's going to prevent that from happening in the future. That is a pain point. You're helping them overcome that. What's that's the what lesson? What's the lesson that Jeff is dropping, guys? What's the lesson? The lesson is, yes, be passionate about your product, about your service. Be more passionate about the person you are speaking with. Be I want you to know everything that you need to know about your product or service, your program, your fitness coach, your nutrition coach, your health coach, your online coach. Guess what? You better know your program. However, you can't know how well you can serve 
until you know the person you are looking to help. So you have to get to know them and you better be more passionate about that person you're speaking to than about your own damn program. So the problem is because we, we're so passionate about what we want to offer, right? We start telling people about what we have and it's the ding, the ding, the ding, list, 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 feature, feature, feature. And it's like, it's not about them anymore. Yep. So doesn't it make sense, you guys, to have poignant questions and then shut the hell up so you could get the answers? And then what do you do when you get those answers, Jeff? What should you do? What should <laughs> you do? Let me pull out a couple of examples here yeah. and maybe so, I'll write them down. If you guys are watching, Joe is uh, shaking a piece of paper furiously and, and jotting down notes. We joked about this on that Wednesday group too. It's like, I'll get salespeople to a point where they finally take notes. That's a form of active listening. I do often get the objection of like, well, if I'm writing, then they'll think I'm not paying attention to them. No, if you're on a computer screen and you're typing and you're looking to a different computer screen, like I have three displays here, I'm looking at one of them and typing. Yeah, they're going to feel like you're not listening. But if you're like, hey, do you mind if I take notes while we talk? First of all, just say that at the beginning. They'll say, yes, that's totally fine. Or no, I don't mind, obviously. So yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. And then they're going to just take, you just take notes. You just write. Like you can look at them. You can look at in the general vicinity of the camera, your webcam, and you can take notes. And why do we take notes? What do you do with notes, you guys? I don't know about you guys, but like, let's say you're in school, you're studying, you're taking notes. What do you do with those notes? You review. read them again, you review, you use them. Like, why would you take notes if you never read them again? Just stop taking notes and pay attention instead in class. Like, uh, I do know maybe maybe a few characters I've met in my time who are like, if I write it down, it's in my brain, and then they don't use their notes again. Like, okay. But I'd say the vast majority of human beings need to reference those notes again because there's going to be key points of value that you forget about. And guess what? Your consumers, your clients, they forget too. For sure. They that's forget. A, and that's, that's a huge point, Jeff, because what happens is you go through the consultative process. You're having a consultation with someone. You want to get to know them. We're asking questions. Now, where Jeff and I may you know, be different here is I like to have a template of baseline questions just to give me a strategy oh, me of where I'm going. Yep. And this is, this is what's interesting is that like some people, they only stick to their baseline question. Yeah. They stick to the script. That's the problem. And the problem with that is you don't you, you, we need to develop a, a this, this is a skill, you guys. We need to develop this malleable skill of listening so that doesn't it make sense if somebody says, and I'm going to use some, you know, the example of you're an online coach and somebody, it registers that they've got a problem, for example, where, yeah, I've always had a problem where I've never been able to get a six pack. Okay, that's a cue. Okay, and then you start digging deeper and then you find out that, they're actually a huge M&M's fan. I love going to the M&M store. Yeah, you know what? Every time I'm in Vegas, I go to the M&M store. Well, there's a, there's a hint. You go to the M&M store. What are the odds that they eat M&M's and they have a sweet tooth? In a vast and if you're not quantity. paying attention, right? So if you're not paying yeah. attention to these things, well, then you're, you're, it's glazing over. And these, these they maybe, you know, like there's a variety of things that can happen. So... There's nothing wrong with M&Ms. Trust me, I, I literally, as I'm looking 
to my to my right, I I don't know, twenty different M and M's dispensers on my on my wall here. Here, folks in video land. So I'm not it's kidding. It's you. It's you. This character. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I I could get a six pack, no problem. I just stop eating M and M's. No, that's no, I meant the M and M's. Oh yeah, the M and M dude. That's me. So this this is the point though. Asking questions and then and then when things you you can deep dive. So don't get a script to start because it's good. The, the beauty of a script in my mind is that it's scalable, right? I can mm -hmm. teach somebody the basics of the script and we can help scale. But every this is the other thing that's really popular. This word scale keeps coming up over the last you know three four years. How am I going to scale my business? How am I going to scale my sales? Listen. You've got to be able to have your sales system optimized before you can even think about scaling. And so, listen, take a step back. What are you? What are the questions that you're asking? And what are good questions? Then write those down. And guess what? Make them part of your template. Right? Make them yeah. part of your template. So then during your process, hey, you know what? I can consistently ask that particular question because it opens up doors to choose your own adventure, that's where you deep dive. And what yeah. Jeff is talking about is deep diving so that we can get to know the person a little bit more, find significant areas, more than one place of common ground, multiple places, and then places where the pain is. The pain that they're going through, whatever it may be, is an optimum opportunity as well as the place of joy. We talked about this in a previous episode. You don't, you don't just focus on what's negative in the person's life, what's going well for them. Mm -hmm. So both areas you can go back to and based on the notes that you took, you can remind them that they told you about these things and they're gonna go, oh yeah, I did, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's huge. Like people will basically sell themselves uh, if you're good enough at asking questions. And, you know, to your point there, I think of this as like the iceberg analogy. What I'll, I'll find that really grinds mm. my gears if I'm observing or watching a recording of a salesperson going through a sales appointment uh, or, or sitting nearby or whatever uh, when I'm training them is I'll hear them like brush across a potentially extremely valuable uh, you know, tangential move in the conversation during discovery. So to say like, so what were you hoping we'd do for you? Oh, I was hoping you could help me lose 20 pounds. Okay, awesome. Like why 20 pounds? Um, you know, it's, you know, when, when I was in high school, that was like a weight that I was at, I felt really confident, really strong, really powerful. And then the salesperson goes, okay, great. We can definitely help with that. And like that's it. Oh so my it's god! Like, essentially, you 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 like had the iceberg, just the tip. You guys know the deal, right? With an iceberg, like the tip, the top, whatever's above the water, that's usually a smaller percentage of the entire volume of the iceberg. The majority is underneath. Well, What's under the surface? You didn't ask any more questions. You you oh had it. Yeah, you had this thing within your grasp. Potentially, you were going to unlock this vault of value from this person, and you were just like, okay, cool, yeah, we can help. Like, that's what I'll always see and hear. And it just drives me absolutely bonkers. And we were role playing this in a dojo on Wednesday. And that was like the initial situation was people were, you know, kind of veering towards like, let's just close the sale. Right. And we had to like beat it into them. Right, Joe? We were like, no, 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 no. Yep. Like, ask more, ask more, dig deeper. And yep. that's, that's where things like the TED method come into play where you say right. like, tell me more about <clears throat> that. Explain that to me. Can you describe that to me? Uh, yep. and, and that those are exploratory questions 
they're going to, again, unlock that vault, open up this vault of value that's just going to come pouring out, right? People don't typically just give up the ghost uh, immediately. Like you've got to ask maybe three, four or five, six times, peel back those layers, dig deeper and figure out what exactly this person truly wants or what like the real uh you know issue is the real problem the real pain point so joe will always say problem agitate solve right like yeah. if we can figure out what that problem is we can agitate that problem then we can discuss how we're going to solve that problem and now they really want it solved but and, you and can't it's get to that point if you don't keep asking those questions and it's interesting one of my favorite questions whether it was in my exercise equipment sales career whether it was in my in my training with people in the bicycle industry and even fitness coaching you know for for coaches online coaches now hey so uh, this is just such a great question to ask even if you're a, a diet and nutrition coach are there any health issues that i need to know about such as problems with ankles knees hips spine heart or lung i just here's what's interesting when you consider your customer avatar, how old are they? If they're anywhere over the age of 30 and you ask the health question, the odds are they've got something. I've been <laughs> high school, yeah. you know, sports injury, or they've got a bad knee or they tripped or whatever. So are there any injuries that I need to know about? Ankles, knees, hips, spine, heart, or lung? And I'm, I'm going from, you know, right? Ankles, knees, yeah. hips, spine, heart, or lung. I'm going through the list. And guess what? invariably somebody's got something and then what do you do right just like what you said jeff well, tell me a little bit about that what happened right you mentioned sports oh so do you still play and then you you, you you see where i'm going with that you get mm -hmm. to go a little bit deeper and again i'm not just asking the question because it's part of a template i'm asking the question because i care and a health related question and Jeff, I'll ask you this. Have you ever noticed when, that when somebody talks about their injuries, they will deep dive? Like, I missed that last part. My headphone went out. What was that? No worries. <laughs> ever, have you ever noticed that when somebody talks, starts talking about their injuries, they will deep dive into the nature oh, yeah. of that injury? Yeah. Let them go. Yeah. It happened in a, a skateboarding accident in 1987. <laughs> like, right. Oh, cool. What happened? Yeah. What happened? Sounds, and then sounds let, pretty rad. Exactly. And let and then and then you then you can choose your own adventure. This is what's yeah. great about this this. I love the the discovery process because I get to know people. I get to learn about people, and then mm -hmm. how I can take all of that information that they're giving me through the questions that I'm asking. Am I taking notes? Yes, I am. Can I take that information and then apply it to what they're telling me? Absolutely. Are they going to be a, the right fit? They sure as hell better be. And if they're not, no problem. I'll po I'll point them in the right direction because I care about people. Yeah. So the question I have for you, the listener, is are you asking the right questions? Are you taking notes? And then are you reviewing that based? Because to me, it's, it's the based on what you've told me, yeah. I can help you. But and it's not just, yes, I can help you it's based on what you told me. Yeah. Cause there's no value in like, sure. We can help you. Like everybody says that you guys like sure. you can just hop on Facebook or LinkedIn. You probably got seven DMS on LinkedIn from somebody trying to sell you <laughs> stuff today. So, you know, like, come on, like you got to do better than that. Um, 
you know, to to your point there too, I would say if you guys are unsure if your questions are successful or not, just judge them based on the information you gather after you ask them. So if you ask a question and the person says, uh, gee whiz, I don't know, then it's a bad question. If yeah. 10 people say, gee whiz, I don't know, it's a horrible question. Stop yeah, asking Delete that it. from your vernacular. Yeah. Yeah. Gone. So I've tested questions over the years forever and ever and ever. And unfortunately, some organizations I've worked with where I've helped them critique their sales process are stuck in my like iteration four of 100. And I'm like, this is the <laughs> oldest stuff I ever made. Why are you still using it? And they won't delete it. I'm like, more power to you, whatever. So, you know, when you're asking a question, for example, like who other than you does this impact right and you get answers from single individuals who stay at home by themselves and have a cat and they just say i don't know my cat that's a terrible question that question is worthless if you instead encounter through conversation that they have kids then you can contextually add to the value of this conversation by saying oh how does that impact your relation with your kids that's it See the difference? You can't just ask a freaking verbatim question off of a script when it has no context clues. You're not paying attention and they know. And that comes off fraudulent. Like mm-hmm. they're going to hear that and be like, what is this? Like, why are you asking me this question? I haven't discussed anything about my family. That's pretty invasive. You're going to lose points in the no like, and trust. You're, you're getting docked. You're getting demerits. <laughs> like, and, it, and, it, and it's really challenging. And I love the way Stephen Covey had put it in his book, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. You, you need to be putting in so much money, as it were, or deposits into mm-hmm. the account. Because, you know, if, if you're getting demerits, uh, it is a very difficult hill to climb. In, yeah. in this, especially during the discovery process. It's harder so, to climb back up for sure. Oh, it is. It Don't is. Don't dig in that fact, grave. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember being in, in, in a bad sales uh, experience where, yeah, I, I, made, I made the error and the best thing that I could have done, and I did, was I tagged it off to someone else. And, you know, go back to a, few, a previous episode about the, the importance of working your team and tagging off because you can't let yeah. your ego get in the way. We've talked about that in the past. In, in reference to this, though, asking good questions and then allowing people to talk about it. And the other, the other thing, along with Ted and Jeff, you, you do this very well. It's, well, tell me more about that. Mm-hmm. Just tell me more about that. You just get them to, you know, right? It's, it's, you just get them to keep going, keep going. Yeah. And then more clues come out. And when more clues come out, you can, so, okay. And then you veer the direction of where you're going. And it, again, it's that adventure. It's you're going down this path. I mean, it all roads, when you do this right, all roads lead to the sale. Yeah. This is, this is the magic part. And, as much as I love handling objections and helping people get better at it, when you do this really well, I'm not going to say it's going to eliminate all objections unequivocally 100% of the time. You, the probability of having an objection when you get to the point where you mention your price and you close, the probability is lowered dramatically. Yeah. That's... That's, that's why it, it, it's, there's a cohesiveness of understanding the discovery process or consultative process or strategy process 
or whatever, however you want to call it, a clarity process. When mm-hmm. You're getting clarity in terms of who your guest is, who this person who's reached out to you, or even if you're doing outbound, you're getting to know them to, to see how you can help them. Once you've gotten that, <clears throat> excuse me, you're going to be able to you do a great job of relating. You'll decrease the probability of objections, which is fantastic because we all know the, the part that people hate the most are objections. It's not the reach out and start talking to someone. It's when somebody tells you no. That's, yeah. that's it, It's the emotional response that we feel inside of that sense of rejection. You want You want less of that, kids? Here's what you do. Do a better job of asking the right questions up front. Discover. Clarity. Right? That's the key. And, and I'll add to that, too. If you guys are getting a lot of maybes, there's a good chance your discovery process sucks. Yep. If you're getting a lot of good people time. who they, they board the B-back bus, which I think hopefully our audience at this point knows, the B-back bus is a Greyhound bus in which... All of your potential clients who didn't sign up with you get on board and it's a one-way ticket and they never come back, right? They never come back. So if they're telling you, I'll be back next Friday to sign up, they're not. And if you're getting that a ton or you're getting uh, this ambiguous objection where they'll say like, oh, I forgot my wallet. You say like, oh, no problem. Uh, Is it in your car? Or do you you want to use a different form of payment? Or what if we did this? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'll just wait. You know, that is a a very good indicator that you have not developed KLT or no like and trust, which means that you didn't do a good enough job in discovery, because if they did like you, they would be more honest and open with you or at least have a discussion and not try to like shut things down. Right. So spend more time in discovery and spend more time trying to show how much you care. Because if they see that, then they will be more honest with you when it comes to the objections. Now I've got a pretty crazy thing I want to throw at you guys right now that most people don't believe me on. And, uh, you know, we'll probably do some videos on in the future. But I'm going to tell you this. Trust trumps data. Trust trumps your features. Trust trumps what you think is valid. Love it. Love trust it. Beats, trust beats everything. It honestly beats everything. And I'll give you a, a trust beats price. Trust demolishes price. Trust is the the secret to bursting the bubble around people's budgets. If you want to break a budget, develop trust. Because if they trust you and they want what you're offering and there's enough value built up, when value is high, people buy. When value is low, people say no, right? That's a joeism. (laughs) So uh, there are many joeisms we drop throughout the show. But, you know, that's one we talk about in the dojo all the time. So, yeah, ultimately what it comes down to, guys, is this. You could sell, I'll give you my example. I could sell personal training in a empty warehouse with like literal construction nonsense strewn about. Be like, there's no indicator that this is actually going to even be a gym. And I have done that. I've sold personal training in that non-existent gym that was built three months later. I've pre-sold gyms many, many times where there is no gym. People are buying a membership to a thing that doesn't exist. I love it. There's no tour. I can't say, look at that equipment. I have to say, imagine the equipment. (laughs) You know, like you can't show them. There's no evidence that this is real. So you have to develop trust. 
But by showing how much I care, by asking the right questions, by going down these right paths, these little side quests with them to figure out what exactly it is that they want, what their pain points are, et cetera, and developing trust just simply through asking, they trust me. They believe that I can help them achieve these goals. Now, I got to be you know, upfront here and say, like, I've never sold those pre-sales and then not had the gym open because I'm not a shady character. So I don't want that uh, you know, misconstrued right now, but I've definitely pre-sold, open the gym three months later, have them come in, be happy clients. And you guys yeah. can definitely do that too. What I'm saying, the point of that story is that you don't like, let's say you run a gym right now, stop doing gym tours. They don't care. They don't care about your equipment. They don't they have any the equipment. They know it's is. good. Yeah. Oh. Like I, I used to, you know, mostly help CrossFit gyms and a CrossFit gym is like a three to 5,000 square foot warehouse. You could literally, I, I made this joke often when I got rid of my tours, I'd be like, so here's the gym anyways. So let's get to it. Cause they could just like do a 360 and be like, got my whole yeah. tour done. They don't know what like a uh, concept two skier is. They don't know like what a, a rogue rig is a wall mounted rig. They is somebody really making are. a buying? Is somebody making a buying decision, Jeff, on the fact that you have hammer strength? Really? No. No. Really? Like, come on. Yeah. We'd be like, oh, our treadmills are matrix treadmills versus whatever else. Hey, like, great brand. But I mean, if it's pre-core life fitness, I'm still going to be able to run on it. Exactly. Nobody's up there like, well, what brand treadmills do you have? Oh man, pre-core, I'm out. I had bad experience one time. <laughs> like, no, nobody's going to do that. So your tour is worthless. That's, and furthermore... This is for my fitness coaches out there. Guess what? They don't care about your magical program. They also, if you're running a group training gym, like a CrossFit gym, they don't know or value, they don't know what, or they don't know what it is, first of all, but they also don't value community. I don't know what the hell community is. Right. Because there's a million communities in the world, billions maybe, but they're all, they all have different meanings, different, uh, you know, uh, people involved in them different purposes like i don't know what your community is or how it's going to help me lose weight so therefore i don't attach value to it inherently and i don't care about it so you're wasting your breath and your time if you say we got the best coaches in town we got an amazing community that's going to be so supportive of you and our program's phenomenal right don't tell telling isn't selling we've said that a thousand times on this podcast don't talk to me about that i don't care if I trust you, if I believe in you, I'll buy from you. Right. It would be, how, how would you feel, right? Start asking those types of questions. Once you've gotten into your, your discovery process, how would you feel about getting to, you know, how would you feel about knowing other people in, a, in this space where they want to see you succeed as bad as you do? There's a question. We've got a great community. Who gives a crap? How would you feel? How would they, how would this person that I'm speaking, how would you feel about knowing that there's other people around here that they mm -hmm. all want you to succeed as well as they do? Right. That's, that's a different yeah. way to, to that. There's your community question as opposed to don't tell me that you've got a community. Every gym, every facility has got a community. Now some of them suck. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. However, like that's why you can't attach value to it because I don't and, know if your community is actually any good. Right. It's so this is the stuff that drives me nuts that and like recently, there's been this trend of doing like this iPad presentation at gyms. And I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out right now and be like, if you 
try to present to me your gym on an iPad, I'm going to slap that thing out of your hands because that's super annoying. Like that is just yeah. overly formal for absolutely no reason. You're a gym, bro. It's a gym. Like just yeah, now, talk to me about how you're going to help me. Like just get to know me. Get well, to, and what then, do I want? Don't be like, the, here's our program. Here's how it's going to work for you. Like, I don't care. You're nailing it. You're nailing it, Jeff. This is exactly what happens with online coaches. Yeah. You online coaches that are listening, this is what's happening. People say, well, tell, this is the, the trap. Here's the trap. Tell me about your program. The moment that your, your guest, your prospect says, tell me about your program, you start telling about your program. You're lost. <laughs> you're losing. You're, you're done. You're, you're digging your own grave. The moment that anybody asks you to tell them about what you have, don't tell them, turn around and say, I most certainly will. And I'm going to ask you some questions and you're going to asking your questions. You will tell them everything that they need to know. Now they may ask because they may have done a bit of quote unquote research. They might've mm -hmm. said, you know, let's, let's use the electric bike example. Oh yeah. I went and looked, uh, I, I, I've already looked online. I, I saw this bike. It's got a 500 watt motor. How big's the motor on your bike? Right? Okay. You could tell them the, 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 the answer to that is it could be, yeah, it's 500 watts as well. Why is that important to you? Find out why it's important. Then start asking more questions to dig deeper into these important yeah. things that are important to them. Because if you get caught up, so many people do, well, they have 500, well, we've got 500 and they've got these breaks and we've got these breaks. Or if you're a fitness coach, well, I've got a 14 week program. They've only got a 12 week program, but they give me two calls a week and I've only got one call. You're going to get caught up in I, what's the lowest price. What yeah. versus what will lose to price all day long. How many of you listening right now would like to be able to offer incredible value at a higher price? even if it was the exact same product or service? Uh, everyone. Well, then you better start asking questions, right? Yeah. You better start delivering on that promise. And how do you deliver on the promise? You've got to create the want by building trust. People yeah. will buy. People will buy. They don't want to be sold. Keep this in mind too, guys. This is a discussion we constantly have with salespeople, uh, especially in the coaching space. You know, if they're on a call with you, guess what that means, Joe? What does that mean if they get on a call with me? They're interested. Oh my gosh, what? No way. So if they get on a call with you guys, they're already interested. They're, they're honestly like, they're probably just there to confirm their own internal beliefs. They're like going into this call going like, this guy's going to be a shady salesperson or he's going to be like the answer to my prayers, you know, yep. and like, you're going to confirm that for them one way or the other. And if you do a shitty job and you just feature dump all day for 30 minutes and waste their time, they're going to be confirmed that you suck. And then they're not yep. going to buy from you or yep. you're going to spend all that time getting to know this person, developing this trust, this relationship with them. And you'll get that KLT and you'll earn the right to ask for the sale. And they will confirm that you are the answer to their prayers. And then they will sign up with you. That's, That's how it, it works. Just keep it, simplify the whole thing, you know, like toss out the iPad presentation. If you, if you try to, Hey, do you mind if I screen share a PowerPoint with you? I'm going to hang up. I'm going to hang up the zoom call. There, Knock it off. There <laughs> is, there is no magic number. 
I mean, I, I've, I've helped many a company develop a sales template. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right? The army of one concept is here's your baseline. I always say it. It's your baseline template. This yep. is your scripted questions that you start with that everybody needs to know backwards forwards. The benefit of having the, the formula or a blueprint, if you will, is that if you do, and I want you to get off topic and start talking and deep diving, is that you, you can remember where was I on my blueprint? Oh yeah, I'm at step four. Go back to step four and then you get back on your highway, right? You're, you're back in the lane. It's okay to get off the highway, go down a backcountry road that leads you to a single, single path that go, gets you to this really cool spot that nobody's ever been to before. That's mm-hmm. the whole point of the discovery process. You discover new things that even your own prospects have no clue that they had in them. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to do everything on, hey, it's all about speed and I'm going on the, on the, on the highway, right. the, the problem with doing that is you're going, you're going to, you're going to lead to price. You're, you, mm-hmm. You've got to get off, you, you got to exit. You got to get off the highway and then get onto the community roads and get, mm-hmm. get deeper and get deeper and like get down those back lanes as it were and slow down the process. And what, what do I mean by slow down? Ask more questions. Take time to pause and listen. I, I, you know, I would say this, guys. If you are not taking on, say, 100 leads a month, you have no business doing 5 to 10-minute clarity calls. Like, they're going to be longer. Now, yeah. it's okay to use the strategy of booking for 15 minutes and then asking for an extension of time uh, from the prospect. Like, That's a great strategy. Yeah, generally, they're going to be okay with that. People are more open to the commitment level of 15 minutes versus 30 on the surface. But once you start having a good conversation with them, typically, time doesn't matter as much. So you can just ask a simple question. Hey, just in the case that you have more questions than we initially set out to have, or you're more curious about some of the other services that we have, are you okay for a couple extra minutes today? They'll say yes, and you say great. Now, don't carry them out for two hours. That's disrespecting them and their time. But if it's 30 minutes instead of 15, whatever, like take the time, ask the extra extra questions. That's very valuable. Now, to Joe's last point there too, what I think of uh, that as is like objectives and checkpoints. So you should have uh, a layout, this blueprint that Joe's talking about referring to is your sales process. However, you should we encourage that you veer off course because you have to in order to dig deeper and find out like the true value pieces from this person, but have objectives and checkpoints that bring you back to, you know, that, that highway, like Joe's saying, that keep you grounded. Um, so my objectives, for example, are I want to discover uh, two minimum goals or pain points, and they have to be specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. So they're smart goals or yep. pain points. I want this relieved by this time, or I want to achieve this goal by this time, et cetera, et cetera, in detail. And then I also need a very powerful why or an emotional tie to achieving those goals or overcoming those pain points. Like if I do this, this will happen for me, or this is the true reason why I care about this. So I have to have those three things. Those are my objectives. And then my checkpoints along the way are going to be like start at surface level questions like, hey, what were you hoping we could do for you? How did you hear about us? Like Joe mentioned. So I get those out of the way. And then I dig a little bit deeper, right? Tell me more about that. Keep going, blah, 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 blah. 
but the checkpoints are like achieve goal number one, achieve goal number two, achieve the why. And if I, you know, veer off course, I'm like, okay, I got one goal. Let's try to get one more goal in here so I can jump back on track, ask the questions to get that goal, right? What else were you hoping to achieve with us? And then get more information, keep digging, keep going. Uh, and then finally, I can say, you know, the, the final checkpoint would be transition to the price presentation. How do you transition? What's the best way to transition? We took notes, right? What do we do mm -hmm. with notes, you guys? We use them. Review. So you review. Just to make sure I have this right, Mrs. Jones, do you mind if I go back through what we talked about today? No, of course not. Okay, great. You know, we want to ask questions like every five seconds, basically. Based uh, on everything you've told me, is this correct? Yeah. And then review, go over those notes. So you did say here, is this correct? Okay. So based on everything yeah. that you've told me, then you say, this is the this is going to be my, and we've talked about this before, best, better, good. Always offer your best option first. Why? Top because it's, the, it's top down selling. It's easier in terms of the process and it's the best option for your customer, right? Your guest, what's the best option for them? Give it to them. Everybody has the right to, to try and buy the best. They also have the right to say no. If you don't give them the option, you'll never, you'll never sell the best. You'll never. So yep. you, you've got to take that path. Yeah. By the way, um, who said people don't care about how much you know until you know about how much you care? Should we get people to like you know put it in the comments, or do you want me to tell? Because I checked it out online while you were speaking. Oh, you have an answer for this? I no, do. just tell me. Yeah, I, yeah I, it's I, it's I'm Theodore Roosevelt. Oh, it was Teddy. All yeah, right. it was Teddy Roosevelt. Dang. Yeah, that makes there sense. There you go. I should have known that one. I have well, a lot of quotes that live rent free in my brain and I don't know who said them. No, that's okay. <laughs> All right. I so, could be wrong. If we're wrong, let us know. But according, according to, to, to uncle Google, it's yeah. uh yeah. Old, old Teddy Roosevelt, AKA Robin Williams in uh, night at the museum. All right. So uh, nice. that, that's how Great I always movie. picture Teddy now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So I, I want to hit one last point. We're going to close this one out for you guys. So here's the deal. Uh, I want to I want to prove to you the value of taking the extra time during discovery. And I've already said, like, trust Trump's data. And that's true. I, I hold that 100 percent passionately true. Um, and if you guys don't don't believe me, don't trust me. Well, then I haven't asked you enough questions. Yeah, <laughs> and I need to do a better job yeah. of my discovery. But I challenge you to go out there and do that. Here's another piece that makes discovery that much more valuable. Imagine now if you took amazing notes and you had these these hugely valuable smart goals and pain points and a very strong, powerful why, and then you encounter an objection. Do you know what superpower you've just acquired? You can just jump back to your notes and you can add context to the objection conversation. Yep. And you can keep it conversational. And it's not you versus this person. It's us. It's we together. We got this. And you're simply helping them overcome their own excuses and hurdles and roadblocks, but you're doing it together in a way that you're really just helping them strategize. And Joe is holding up a big sheet of paper. We got this. We got this. I mean, that's, that's it. That's the deal. Like if you have those notes, you can reference this. You can bring those back in. So if Mrs. Jones says, man, I don't have time for this. Mrs. Jones, wouldn't you agree that, you know, by doing this program, you're going to get more 
value than you could possibly believe for you and your family. And that'll be worth the extra time, won't it? And she's going to say, I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, sure. All right. And that's just continuing the conversation. Like that's not necessarily like, yes, here's my money, take it, but it's keeping them going. Is what Joe and I discussed in our our dojo session yesterday. Was like sometimes just keeping them going. Yeah, keep the dialogue. Dialogue, you guys. You know, I'm gonna end. I'm gonna end with this, and I'll let you take us out. Jeff, Mm -hmm. and it's this: we're in sales. It is about a dialogue. Asking how do we how do we dialogue with someone? I just said it. Ask questions, right? How do I dialogue with with a prospect or with a guest? I ask them questions and then they give me answers and then I go back. If, how many of you have ever done a monologue? What's a monologue? A monologue is when you're one person and you're speaking to people. Okay, uh, unless you're everybody with a bad discovery process is monologuing. Right so <laughs> so unless you're a salesperson who who uh is a comedian and you can afford to you know, have people come in and like you're if you're a Kevin Hart or something of that na- someone of that nature, you can monologue. Okay, sure. The, the for the rest of us, we've got to. Doesn't it make more sense to ask questions so that we can pique somebody's interest? Mm-hmm. And if that's the mm-hmm. case, then doesn't it make more even more sense to find out what their biggest challenges and or dreams are so that we could help fulfill them and mm-hmm. or get rid of the challenges, fulfill the dream. How do you do that? Well, you, you don't know what you don't know. So how do you get to know? You got to ask questions. So don't make it a monologue. Make sure it's a dialogue. Yeah, it's, it's a great way to carry this episode out, Joe. Good points. Um, all right, you guys. Uh, hopefully this was helpful as always. We need you to take action in order to get any sort of value out of this podcast. That's what we're here for. Our goal is for you to help more people and therefore sell more so that you can move yourself closer to personal wealth and live that life that you deserve. So what do you need to do from today? You need to like be very critical of your sales process. So update your process, improve discovery, and of course, role play. Grab a partner, anybody, as long as it's not just a mirror or your dog, they have to respond. So get a friend, get a spouse, get somebody to, you know, coworker, whatever, to help you and role play that discovery process. Have them regularly. Yeah, have them sharpen the axe. Exactly. Do this regularly. Have them challenge you, yet not make it impossible. It can quickly go off the rails when you role play something like discovery. Just make sure they're they're agreeing to push you and maybe challenge you a little bit, but eventually give up, you know, and, and let you make the sale or move towards the sale. Uh, so hopefully today was helpful for you guys. And of course, if you're looking for more content, we have a free Facebook group. It's called Help More, Sell More. Look it up and join. We'd be happy to have you there. And there's more discussion going on in that group that's highly valuable. You can check out Burley Sales and the SOS Dojo as well. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook. Everything's in the description. And drop us a five-star review if you guys like the content. We appreciate that so much. You're really helping us out with that. And share this episode as well as the whole show with anybody in sales at all, whether they're good, bad, indifferent, they can all benefit from this because again, what is it? Constantly sharpening the axe. All right, Chaz, take us out. Thank you, people. We'll see you next time.